You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, man, it's so great to be back home, and I'm excited about today. Today is the culmination, literally, of months and months of working with Team World Vision, uh, and we'll get there in a second, but I want to go back just a couple weeks to remind us that we're just a few weeks out of our prayer challenge. For those of you that weren't here during that challenge, we did a 40-day prayer challenge, and it is completed, and I am so proud of you as a church family uh, for doing that, learning to pray, I mean to really pray, and there are so many takeaways uh, during that season, Uh, but But I want to say that that was just the start. It was kind of the setup strategically to what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. And we want to continue to be listening to God, to have bold prayers, to pray as long as it takes, right? And uh, prayer pray prayers of confession and repentance, being revived, and just knowing that God is at work in our lives. It's so important. And so that prayer challenge continues, uh, and really it's a setup for these next three weeks. We're launching today a mini-series called Chosen, and it's in partnership with World Vision. And we've worked with World Vision over the last several years on different, different events and different things, and it's been a real joy. And they have picked our church out of hundreds of churches to walk with us uh, through Chosen, through the Matthew 25 challenge, which we're going to talk about today. And, uh, and just over these next few weeks, it is going to be a monumental journey, something we're going to look back on and just thank the Lord for. It's nothing like we've ever done before, and we are going to be assessing what it means to follow Jesus, really what it means to be a Christ follower and praying. We've been praying that this will be a transformational time for our church. And so today is week one of Chosen, and today is a special day. We're going to end today with an invitation for everyone to join me and Jessica. She was here for a service uh, in a challenge, and it's a special challenge that has been prepared for us as a church, for you individually, for us communally, and it's a challenge that has the power to change us the power to shift our hearts to the great needs around the world. And before we get going, I want to just lay some foundational thoughts. I want to just put up the picture of the shoes here. I wonder if you could pick anyone's shoes in the world to fill or to try to try out for a day. What, whose shoes would you want to slide into? Someone with a lot of wealth, maybe someone with some fame, maybe someone that has uh, experienced something that you haven't, uh, whose shoes would you be interested in filling? And uh, the interesting thing is when you think about a question like that, uh, our minds can go a lot of different ways, but let's be careful that we don't get caught up in ourselves. What if we could put ourselves in someone else's shoes that is less fortunate, someone maybe the least of these, and it would open our eyes to someone else's life, someone else's experience. And yes, that would be hard to do, but I believe that as we do that, we take the focus off of the me, myself, and I, and the culture that we live in. 
It's so pervasive to always think about ourselves first. And what we're going to do is we're going to get ourselves in someone else's shoes over these next couple weeks. The second thing of laying a foundation, a foundational thought, is that today's message is for insiders, for Christ followers. This is, if you're not a believer, uh, we, we welcome you. We're glad you're here. And if today moves you closer to follow Jesus, that's incredible. And if you give your heart to Jesus today, which you certainly could do, uh, let us know. We'll walk with you. But today is a message that is very straightforward. I would say it's somewhat brutal. It's a brutal truth. It's powerful. And it's based, our text is from Matthew 25. And to set up Matthew 25, Jesus had been speaking different parables along his journey in his ministry. He's walking and talking and sharing stories. And a parable is simply a story with a purpose. And this parable that is found in Matthew 25 is towards the end of Jesus' ministry. It's right before he heads to the cross. It's his final teaching, and he's already said uh, what it's, what it's going to be like, that he's going to go away for a time, but now he's saying, look, at one point, I will come back. He, he, he's letting his, peop- his uh, disciples know, hey, I'm coming back, and this particular uh, section of Scripture answers question, what does it mean to be ready when Jesus returns? What should we be doing? What would that look like when Jesus trades his cross for a throne. And it's, this section is called, in my Bible, it says the final judgment, right? And, and the, Jesus is alluding to a judgment that is coming, a day when every single person will face Jesus face-to-face. We will stand before him. And apparently, according to this story, Jesus will separate people, and every person will give an account for their lives. Every word, every deed, every action will be accounted for. And not only what we've said and what we've done, but every word, every action that we do not say or do not do, we will be accounted for as well. And what, it, what we're going to see here in just a second is that God will separate people. And he's talking to a group of farmers, a group of people that, from an animal culture, and he talks about sheeps and sheeps, sheep, sheep, sheep and goats. And, uh, and unfortunately, the goats get the bad rap. I don't know why. But, uh, but the sheep in the story will be the righteous ones. The goats will be those that are unrighteous. And, and it kind of makes sense that Jesus is the great shepherd, right? You go back to Psalm 23, uh, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? We are the sheep of his pasture, right? Uh, and, and so when we see that, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll understand that. But what I want you to notice as we read through Matthew 25 here is the source of the separation. What separates the sheep from the goats? And what are the criteria that we will be judged by? And without further ado, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. We'll start in verse 31. This is what it says, the final judgment. It says, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, Then he will sit upon his glorious throne. Can you even imagine what that will look like? Jesus sitting on the throne, ready to judge his people. It says, all nations will be gathered in his presence. And he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. 
He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. If you're tracking with me, you can kind of imagine that. Uh, say amen. Amen. Good. Most of you are with me. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who were blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom of God. So he's talking to the sheep here, which has been prepared for you for, from the creation of the world. And then verse 35 and 36, you should underline this. It's in my notes underline. It's in my Bible underline. It says this, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. That's the crux of what we're going to talk about today. But the story goes on. Then the righteous ones will reply, When did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did you, we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king, that's King Jesus, will, tell, will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. But the story doesn't end there. Verse 41, then the king will turn to those on his left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. And when I was thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. And I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. And I was naked and you didn't give me clothes. And when I was sick and in prison, you didn't visit me. And the same question will come from those on his left. They will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? In verse 45, he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Let's pray. Lord, what a challenging set of verses here. Lord, I pray that it would get a hold of our hearts. And God, through the foolishness of preaching, I pray that you would just uh, transform us, that you would just shape us and mold us and draw us to action, I pray. God, do it for your glory, for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to just say that the story we just read is not something that I made up. These are not my words. These are Jesus' words, his thoughts, his feelings. And the truth of the Scripture is the same yesterday as it is today, and it will be forever. And so what we've just read is true for us right where we are today. And I want you to see this as Jesus words straight into our situations. And apparently, how we treat the least of these, those who are lacking, that is how we treat Jesus. And Jesus insists on it, that how we treat others is how we treat him. And this church should shake us to the core. It should get our attention. Those that are on the right will inherit the kingdom of God, right? And those on the left, they will be asked to leave his presence.
presence. And that will happen at the great judgment. And it's not something we talk about all that often, but there will be a final judgment God talks about. And uh, we believe that here at the Gateway Church. And you'd say, okay, well, what is that going to look like? When is that going to happen? How? And and what is God's heart in all of this? And I just want to just say a couple things that, number one, God is a just God, and a just God has to judge. He's got to bring us into uh, alignment, and he has a standard, and we have to follow that. And the great news is that for those that accept Jesus, he covers us with his blood, right? And so when he looks at us, he looks at us as if we've never sinned, which is an amazing reality. And when that happens, we can walk free. We can uh, receive eternal life. And that's, that's the, uh, how we ex- experience salvation. And the thing is, God has given us lots and lots of opportunities, and he warns us of this in places like Ezekiel chapter 18 that says, I don't want you to die, says the sovereign Lord. Turn back and live. In other words, he wants relationship with us. And it starts there saying, hey, you're going to be judged. We, but I want you to come back to me. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says the Lord isn't really uh, being slow about his promise of return, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake, right? He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He's slow in his return, but the promise is that he will return and he will judge us. And we will stand before him face to face and I, he'll sit on the throne. He'll, he'll be sitting on what's called the Bema seat. It's a, it's a throne of judgment. And uh, we see that in, throughout scripture and we see it here in Matthew chapter 25. And in Matthew 25, this section of scripture, it explains to us crystal clear, it doesn't take a lot of commentary, that if we... Do not put our faith in action. It's worthless, our faith. We can preach until we're blue in the face. If we don't put our faith in action, it's worth nothing. If we do not act with compassion, we actually lack devotion for Jesus. If we ignore, we turn a blind eye. If what this message is all about, if it doesn't affect us, we, in essence, are ignoring Jesus. If we're a born-again believer, an insider, we cannot look away. We have to wrestle with what does this Matthew 25 mean. And I believe it means that we need to step up. We need to intervene. Today absolutely matters. The solution is that we must treat the least like we would treat Jesus. And if we don't, We lack devotion to Jesus. And that just grips me. Now, as we think about this, and we think about putting our faith into action and all these things, something, and we read Matthew 25, and we look at the story, uh, it, it is possible that you might think, and certainly I've thought over my lifetime at different times, you think, well, I am not rich. I don't have a lot to give, and I want to just debunk that idea in light of Matthew chapter 25. I grew up in a family 
uh, over in the Detroit area. Uh, we lived in Troy, which is kind of an affluent area to live. Uh, but I assure you that we were one of the least uh, wealthy families in our neighborhood. Uh, my dad, he worked for Ford Motor Company, which was a good job. Uh, but it wasn't like he was an executive. He drove a high-low at a parts and redistribution center for 30 years. And, uh, and he, he's blessed. He's a, he, and uh, I, I said for service, Dad, if you're watching, which sometimes my mom and dad do, um, it was a wonderful job and that just provided for our family, but it didn't, it didn't put us uh, in, a, in a place where we had a lot of extra. We were the family that when we got holes in our jeans, we got patches on our jeans. And uh, when we, uh, and how many ever uh, had to do that? Or like, yeah, you experienced that. Yeah, we, we suffer together. We suffer together. Yeah, I know. I, Autumn's like, yeah, we still do that probably. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure. But, but anyway, uh, but when I was a kid, uh, I showed up to basketball practice for the first day, and literally I was the only one that had knockoff Nikes. And it, I got teased for it, and it has affected me. I have a hard time not wearing a name brand pair of shoes, and uh, it, it's something I struggle with. And so, but, but I grew up in this, in this more affluent area, but we weren't all that. And I would say, I am not rich. And I would say that as a, a growing up, that would have been my mentality for sure. Everybody say, I am not rich. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not rich. Right? But for me, as a teenager, on a whim, literally on a Wednesday night after church, I was hanging out with my friends at, at uh, um hanging out after and we were like we had heard about a trip to go to Mexico City on a missions trip and literally a group of us were like we weren't thinking like oh God is calling us we were just like that sounds fun (laughs) and literally a group of us signed up and all of a sudden we're going to Mexico City and that was the first time in my life that I actually came face to face with real poverty and it changed my life. That's actually the, cha- the, the missions trip that I met Jessica on, and, uh, and that was great. I mean, it changed my life for that as well. But, but it's interesting. When you go on a trip like that, and, and you say, oh, I'm going to go, and I'm going to make a difference, and I'm going to help out, and I'm going to do that. And you do, but really what happens on a short-term trip like that is God changes the person that's serving. And that's exactly what happened to me. And it was trips like that and many other trips in my life over time that have changed me that I can't say this anymore, that I am not rich. I can't, I can't be like, no, I'm not rich. No. Even when I first got married, Jessica and I, our first year marriage, combined income. We've been married almost 27 years, so go back 27 years now. Our combined income together was a right around $12,000 on our taxes. We were in love. We didn't know the difference, I guess. But we've always been blessed. And, but I think about $12,000 today, $12,000 in 2023 is four times the yearly wage of the average household in Egypt. My daughter lives there. My son and my wife and I, we had an opportunity in January, some of you know, to go and visit her. And in Egypt, and these are numbers from yesterday that I looked up. I wanted to make sure I was as as up-to-date as possible. $279 
is the monthly average household wage in Egypt. That's $3,350. And on our recent visit, when we were there, literally we met people in the garbage city that are made in the image of God, but living far from a life of abundance. And that's not even the worst in the world. Afghanistan is the, is the worst off. $33 a month is the average household income. That's a little over a dollar a day. $390 for the year. I was thinking about it. I just came back from San Diego, and we did it on the cheap. My son and I, we, we were able to go, and my uncle paid for all the motorcycle riding and all the expenses there. And so that was blessed there. And my ticket was already paid for from miles, and so I, did, I paid $11 to get to San Diego. But my budget for the, for the week was $500. I came back with a, about $130 left. Jessica was happy about that. That's gone. You know she took that. But, uh, but, but literally, as I was looking up these numbers yesterday and filling out, and I wanted to be as up-to-date, I had this realization that in one week of, of vacation with my son, I spent a year's wage for an Afghanistan family. That is sobering. In India, it's $179 a month, $2,150 for the year. We cannot say this, I am not rich. In America, the U.S., we we are ranked seventh in the world as the most wealthy nation, or the the seventh most wealthy. Uh, The average household income in America is $5,911 per month. That's about $70,000 for the year. You say, well, I'm not even at that point. Listen, if your family makes a combined income of $50,000, you are in the top 13% of all the wage earners in the world out of billions of people. We can't say this. I'm not rich. Every single one of us here, and yeah, there's different levels. Listen, we are rich. We are blessed to live in West Michigan. If you're watching online, if you're in North America, you are rich. So let's agree that we should not be saying this ethically, morally, spiritually. Uh, I just think that this cannot be a part of our vocabulary. That's the first thing. The second is that we also must agree to eliminate excuses when it comes to Matthew chapter 25. When you read through Matthew 25, there are excuses that will come as, oh, we've got college expenses, we've been raising our kids, or we're busy just trying to get by, and all of those things are true. But according to Matthew 25, no matter where we are in, the, uh, in our life, we are called to demonstrate our faith. We're not talking about salvation by works, no. The question, though, is what are we doing with our wealth, with our time, with our thoughts? How are we helping the poor? Are we good stewards in every area? And I would say that at the Gateway Church as a whole, we care about people. Am I right? 
We care about people. It's, it's part of who we are. If you cut us open, we bleed missions. We talk about that a lot. We care about our community. We care about our state. We Go serve is an incredible opportunity that we've tapped in the last year and a half. And we, we're caring for those around us. We're sending a group to the Dominican Republic. We, we've got a group going to Detroit later this year in May. Uh, and we care about those people. Will you back it up a few years? We've built tabernacles. We've drilled water water wells. We believe in people. We care. And we have put our faith in action as a church. And I would say corporately, we've done well in many ways. And as a leadership team, I want you to hear it from me that we believe in you. Every single one of you. We believe in you. And we would like to invite you into what we're calling the Matthew 25 Challenge. It's for you, it's for your family, for your, fr- for your friends. And I want to watch a quick video from World Vision that will kind of set it up, and then we'll talk about the specifics. Here's an introduction to the Matthew 25. Then the king would say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you give me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you give me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invited you in? or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. The Matthew 25 challenge was a transformational moment for my family and I. There's one particular day when the challenge was to sleep on the floor. And I walked by my daughter's room, and she was already there on her sleeping bag, reading her Bible. The Matthew 25 challenge was an incredibly spiritual experience for me personally. God was teaching us different things every day, and sharing it with each other was really exciting. Well, when it came to the Water Day challenge, three words come to mind. Caffeine, withdrawal, headaches. Going without coffee all day was a lot harder than I thought. I'd get these headaches, but every time I did, it would remind me of the six-kilometer walk that women and children have to do to get unclean water. My first thought was, this will be easy. I grew up missing meals and sleeping on the floor, but my daughters, not so much. They were challenged to come out of their Wi-Fi life and actually experience what kids around the world experience every single day. This is where the rubber meets the road. We believe in people at the Gateway Church, and we believe in you. And today, 
we're going to embark on a one-week-long journey, a, a community experience of daily challenges, and I'm excited about this. In fact, let me back up just a little bit. Uh, back in April of 2022, Pastor Bobby and I, we were at a conference, World Vision, and they explained Chosen, which will be next week, and then uh, which we're ta- the whole series is on, and then the Matthew 25, and both uh, Bobby and I, we were like, we have to do this. And we said to each other, our people at the Gateway Church will respond. They will be a part of this. They will love this. And I believe that about each and every one of you. So what is the Matthew 25 challenge? We, uh, it's, a ch- it's a chance for us to put ourselves in someone else's shoes. We don't know what it means to be hungry as a rule. Or what it means to walk a 6K to get clean water. We don't know what it would be like to flee from our homes in the middle of the night and never to return. Most of us will never experience some of those things. But this week, as we move through this challenge, it's going to interrupt our lives intentionally. This is a disruptor of our daily routines. And we want you to be a part to get out of our comfort zones and to try something new. And I'm talking to our students, to the the oldest among us. I want you to be a part of this. Our kids and uh, Gateway Kids are talking about this this morning. They're going to come. If you've got kids, they're going to be wanting to do this. And uh, I want you to be ready to say, hey, we've already signed up. And I will talk about how to do that just in a second. But this is something that's going to move the needle in our lives, something that's going to be transformative. And for those of you that are new around here, we've never done anything quite like this. Uh, to partner with World Vision in this creative way. And they have set us up to, to not only care for the world, but to intervene and to think beyond ourselves. And so if you're a Christ follower, if you love Jesus, if you have a relationship with the Lord, this is a perfect opportunity for you to see yourself meeting the needs of Jesus through some of these, these challenges. So this is how it's going to work. When you sign up, and we'll talk about how to do that in a second, the first day, Monday, we're going to ask you to skip a meal, and then for dinner tomorrow night, across the board, uh, for the Gateway Church, our meals should be rice and beans. If you don't know how to make rice and beans, go to Qdoba, just ask for rice and beans. No extras, no queso, no guacamole, no meat, not even fake meat, right? Rice and beans. That's the idea across the board. On Tuesday, it's going to be water only. So we're going to eat our normal meals, but water only. For some of you, this might be the most difficult day if you've got a coffee addiction like I do. Um, I'm not looking forward to Tuesday. Let me just say, I drink two or three or four cups of coffee, uh, but we can do it and, uh, with God's help. And when we do that, we need to think of those that have to travel to get water. We have clean water at our disposal. Now, on Wednesday, we're going to sleep on the floor. If you're able, this may be uh, impossible for some. If you ha- can't get up off the floor without help, you shouldn't do this one. But it doesn't mean you can't think about it. Think about sleeping on the floor. And we want to encourage you as families to do this, as individuals, and say, you know what? I'm going to sleep on the floor. Put out a pallet. Put out a, uh, put out a sleeping bag. And let's sleep on the floor together. And then Thursday, you're going to love this. You don't have to think about what to wear because we're going to ask you to wear the exact same clothes Thursday as you did on Wednesday. 
Now, for some of you, that's going to be a real challenge. I was talking with my wife about this uh, a while ago, and she's like, Ben, um, people that, that I, I'm not sure I can do that. I'm like, no, you can do it. And uh, she's like, you do that all the time. And uh, I was curious, um, how many of you, this is an unofficial poll here, but how many of you re- remember or th- noticed that from late summer last year till Christmas Day, I wore the same exact shirt for the every single, did anybody notice? Yeah, a few of you noticed. Some of you didn't even notice. And the point is, it doesn't matter. And the reason I did that for myself is because I can get caught up in materialism. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to wear the same thing. And so I did. And most of you didn't even notice. And so there it is. Thursday, wear the same clothes. Friday, we want you to reach out to someone having a hard time. So there's going to be someone that's going to come to mind, and you're going to be like, hey, I'm going to just reach out, send them a text, give them a call, uh, visit them, uh, you know, maybe buy them a meal, something like that. And then Saturday, we're going to ask for 30 minutes of your time. We want you to do a prayer walk on your own, and it's to reflect. The way this all starts is by interfacing with what you either sat on or you pushed off to the side. So I want everybody to grab this. Just flash it at me, and then I'll know that you're ready. Come on, everybody. Yep, all right, good. On this, it talks about the Matthew 25 challenge, and it, go, it goes through on the front side, the Monday through Saturday. And then next, Wednesday, or next uh, weekend, our Sunday service is going to be the culmination and the celebration of our week. And then next week uh, is chosen and then the reveal, the following, and we'll, we'll get to all of that. But on the back side, it's very simple. Uh, this is so simple, your pastor was able to do it. And so I know you can do it as well. All you do, in fact, let's do this together. Pull out your phone as well. Come on, dig into that purse. Get out your phone. I know you got your phones. And what we want you to do is to text the gateway M25, so for Matthew 25, to 56170. I want you to do this right now, and this is going to get you into their system. They're going to send you a quick text back. You'll interface uh, with them. You'll give them a little information. They're not going to sell your information or use it uh, in any way inappropriately, uh, and they, but it's going to allow them to send you at that point a weekly, or not a weekly, a daily devotion a quick video, and then a reminder of what that day's challenge is. And then you'll track through the week, and uh, it'll help you to think about uh, those that are uh, that would be the least of these. And so really simple. Uh, I want you to do it right now, right where you are. Just text 56170. That's where you'd normally put, I'm going to text Pastor Ben. That Put that instead. Or I'm going to text... Uh, my spouse, or I'm going to text my kids, whatever. Uh, put that there, and then the gateway, no spaces, M25. It doesn't matter if it's capitalized or not, as long as there's no spaces. And immediately, you're going to get a text back that will uh, get you into their process. It'll take a couple interactions, and then you're set. And then every day, starting tomorrow, you're going to get a text reminder with a little video, a little devotion, and a reminder of the challenge. It's that simple. And what we want is for you to be thinking, all right, I'm going to put myself in someone else's shoes this week. I want you to think about it and ask Jesus, how do you want me to follow you? And yes, this challenge 
We'll set up next week's message and another call to action. Next week will be a culmination of the Matthew 25. And what we are believing is that the Spirit of God is going to transform us, that we will never be the same because of this challenge. We're excited about this. And you can share this with coworkers and friends and family and invite them the same way I just invited you. And uh, we would love to have 100% participation. So every student, we want to do this. Pastor Sean, I told him, I said, Pastor Sean, uh, let's get our students uh, on board with this. We want, Pastor Jamie, all the kids are going to be prepared. They're going to be excited to do this. Maybe not skipping the meal, but I promise you, Wednesday night, they're going to love sleeping on the floor with you. It's going to be awesome. And then we, we are we also, across the board, young adults, adults, senior adults, we want you to participate and uh, to interact with us. Now, if you're saying, okay, if I don't have the ability to do texts, um, there is a way to do that just online. And if you're saying, I can't do online, um, uh, I would be surprised, but um, I, you can also just take this, put this on your refrigerator, and unofficially just do these, knock these off, and come back and say, hey, we're, we've done it together, the Matthew 25 principle. Church, I love you so much. I've been praying about this for weeks and months, and I just want you to know that I believe in you, that when we do this together, it's going to make a difference. And again, we will remember this weeks and months and years, decades from now. We might look back and say, look what God did when we did the Matthew 25 challenge. And so I hope you're with us. And that is the challenge today. Let's pray. And Pastor Bobby, if the worship team could come as we will close. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the challenge of your word that you don't pull any punches. Lord, Matthew 25 is straightforward. It's convicting. It's brutal. <laughs> that brutal truth. And Lord, we are called to action. And Lord, as we do this together as the Gateway community, Lord, I pray that it would make a difference, that you would shake us and move us. As we share this along the week and we understand as families and others in our lives, as we share this and, and uh, post different things about what we're doing, God, we don't do that to brag, but Lord, we do that to, to get the word out. And Lord, I just pray that it would all make a difference. God, I pray that you would supernaturally uh, just change us, that we'd never be the same. And Lord, as 100% of us do this together, I pray that we would just see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and let's respond to this challenge. And uh, if you have any trouble, we can help you before you leave today to get signed up. You know, that song that we sang this morning is uh, based out of Luke 15, which is known as the Lost Passage. And, and that passage starts uh, much similarly to how we started by receiving the Lord's Supper this morning with this question of who can sit at the Lord's table? Who is, who is worthy of sitting at the Lord's table? So Jesus tells these three stories about how there's a hundred sheep and one goes missing. And, and most of the time a shepherd would cut his losses 
and say, well, I still have 99. But the shepherd did what no real normal sane shepherd would do. He left behind 99 good sheep to go after the one. Um, in the same way, there's a woman who, who loses a coin uh, out of 10 coins. And again, someone would typically cut their losses. Man, I have this one small coin. Like it's going to be impossible to find. It's a needle in a haystack. And this woman essentially went through every piece of hay in a haystack to find a needle. You would say, man, that's not wise. And there's a story of a prodigal son, a son who runs away from his father, says, dad, I wish you were dead. And ends up through, um, through just the wildest of circumstances coming home and the son expected, man, I'm just coming back as a slave. I, I, I don't need to be accepted as a son. I told my dad I wish he was dead. I, I essentially stole my inheritance from him. And the father, instead of just staying back, waiting for his son to come humbly, the father humbled himself and ran towards his son. That's the God that we serve. And hopefully as you were singing that song this morning, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up coming after me. That you weren't just thinking of yourself, that you were thinking of the Matthew 25. You were thinking of the least of these, that there are people across the world who have never heard the gospel, that there are people who are living in places that are impoverished because the kingdoms of this world are exploiting them and taking advantage of them. And we have the opportunity this week to put our money where our mouth is. That it says in 1 John 3.18, let us not love with word or tongue, but in action and in truth. And even though this is something that we're doing privately on our own or maybe in our own families, this is allowing us to put action to our intentions. And so I want to encourage you. And that's why it says things about posting on social media and stuff is it's a chance for you to share with those around you to kind of take a step maybe in a little further of a direction. But let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's just not be people with good intentions, but let be, let's be people who lead with action as well. Dear Jesus, we just thank you for what you're doing in each and every one of us that you have pursued us that you have sought us out, Lord, and it hasn't made sense, and the world would call that reckless, that, that you would leave the 99 to come after the one, to come after me in, my, in, 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 in just my sin, in my destruction, in, in, in how lost I was. Lord, and there are those who are out there in the world who are lost, who are broken, who are looking for hope, who are looking for answers, Lord. And let me not just sit idly by. Let me not just stand idly by. Let me not just say uh, uh, nice words, but let me have action, Lord. And let this help spur me on and spur our church on to be people who are not just your body, but who are your actual hands and feet, your extension to a lost, hurting, and broken world. Lord, remind us that just how you pursued us, you are pursuing everyone. You are pursuing the forgotten. You are pursuing the hated, Lord. Lord, stir in us this week a fire to go after the one, to rekindle something in us that has maybe started to smolder and fade, a passion for the lost, a passion for the hurting, a passion for the broken, Lord. And we know that, I mean, it's not just um, on the other side of the world. It's right outside of these doors. Lord, and we know that as we go, as we do this Matthew 25 challenge this week, 
as we do this series the next few weeks that you will be behind us, you will be before us, you'll be all around us because Lord, we need you to do this. Lord, we give our whole lives, our whole selves to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us this morning, for worshiping with us. Make sure you sign up for the Matthew 25 challenge, and we can't wait to celebrate with you guys next Sunday. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.